Blog Talk Radio. With God's name, peace be upon you all. Good evening. This is New Mind Development Project, your host, John Nasheed, on this Blog Talk Radio program, broadcasting from Nourishell, New York, every Thursday evening at 7 p.m. Uh, once again, we welcome you as always, and we pray to God that, you know, yourselves and your family, your community, everything is fine, and uh, God bless us all. <clears throat> we have various topics that we speak on every Friday evening, and they're archived, so you can go on blog talk radio slash John Nasheed and uh, listen to some of the programs that we had in the past and uh, also share them uh, with your friends, your family, and uh, as I mentioned often, to uh, just give us a note and let us know what you think about our program. And, uh, you know, we're just moving along. We're on Facebook, uh, John Nashi, also a website, uh, New Mind Development Project. The website is in m-dp.com so you can check that out and we also have a radio uh, 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 station in uh, Nourishell, New York wvox dot com and it's also wvox local 1460 AM radio and uh, that's uh, every Saturday and starting uh, March 1st, we'll be coming on at 11 to 12. Presently, we come on at 10 a.m. to 11. And starting March 1st, the time is changing to 11 o'clock a.m., one hour. So be with us. And that's WVOX 1460 for those who are local in this nearest uh, Westchester County, uh, New York, Jersey, Connecticut area. And also WVOX.com worldwide. So tune in to us. Uh, this is the third of a series that we have, been, part three, I should say, talking on the topic of uh, the five human senses and Satan, the enemy of mankind. And you know, these are from lectures of Imam Warthi Muhammad. And uh, many of the programs that you may hear on Blog Talk Radio are from the students of Imam Warthi Muhammad. And also Imam Warthi Muhammad speaks on WVOX.com uh, 8.30 every uh, Saturday morning. You can pick him up there. Very interesting man, interesting insights about religion, about life, and you know things that matter for the human being. And uh, this particular topic that we have been speaking on in the last two weeks and today also, the five human senses. You know, we human beings and God uh, have equipped us with all of the uh, tools and weapons and things that we need to survive as human beings. And uh, we know life on this earth is a trial. And uh, when God said, get you down all, he was talking about the human being. <clears throat> and also he was talking about Satan, Satan the deceiver, Satan becoming a, a challenge for man on earth, deceiving man. And 
God gives us our senses to turn these senses back on and to secure ourselves against the enemy of mankind. See, because if we don't use the senses that God gives us to look into it, the order of his universe and stay on our human course, then quite nicely Satan will corrupt us. And we see that Satan have corrupt us. You know, I recall reading in the Quran when God said to the angel that he was going to create uh, a human, uh, uh, Adam, man from dust. And the angel said, would he create mischief and shed blood? And I guess he was just the angel. Uh, we know angels uh, go don't go contrary to God. But they saw a creation here that God was getting ready to create that was made out of material. So they, just, they felt that this human being could be corrupted. And in that respect, they were right. But God says, I know what you don't know, that eventually this creation is going to evolve over a period of time, and I'm going to turn on his human senses, and he'll be able to guide himself by the ways of the world, the creation that God created. You know, the religion of Islam, actually it means uh, deen, or deen means your natural way of life. That's in, a, in, in accord with the nature that God created everything. So actually we write at home on earth if our senses are turned on. So we have to be very, very, uh, very careful of that. You know, Satan, you know, corrupts. He corrupts. That's part of his nature. In the Holy Quran, in chapter 2, in verse 36, uh, it mentions, God, God mentions that Satan made them slip and get out of the state of peace that they had been in. And uh, we know that Satan corrupts our senses, and the senses is what gives us a perception. So if we're living in the world today, Many of us are living, men and women, are living in the world with false perceptions, false perceptions of God, false perceptions of devil, false perceptions of angels, false perceptions in general. And when the sense is turned back on, then quite naturally we come back into the reality that God originally created all of us as human beings. And you know the beautiful thing about the human life is that God only created one human family. He didn't divide human beings. He intended for human beings to be in unison, to work together, to share, although we may have different languages, different cultures, but he created us like that so we can share what we experience in the part of the world that we live in to the benefit of those who don't live in that part of the world. You know, when you really sit back and Take a picture of it. That's a real, real beautiful thing with a whole human family on this planet Earth sharing the many benefits that God blessed us all with. So when the, when the angel asked God would they shed blood and make mischief in the Earth, look at the Earth today. So we can understand why that question was asked. But God mentioned that eventually this human creation will rise above uh, those small, that small, small, small influence uh, that Satan had put upon him 
and come into the very nature that God intended for each and every one of us. So beautiful thing. You know, uh, Prophet Muhammad is a very, very, very important figure in the life of Muslims and Christians who understand and Jews who properly understand Prophet Muhammad. Very important because actually he represents the same thing that Christ Jesus represents to Christians. Not that we're saying that Prophet Muhammad is God, but uh, as a prophet and also to the Jews that Moses represents to Jews. Prophet, he's a prophet. They're prophets of God. And they're just not ordinary. I mean, they have evolved to the highest excellence. Prophet Muhammad, Christ Jesus, same elevation. You know, the, the anointed one, the Christ Jesus, meaning that he came to that high spiritual excellence, the divine intellect, you know, where the intellect had come to enlightenment and where all of the senses of those individuals have been fully enlightened. And, uh, you know, we're taught, Imam Wati Muhammad taught us over a period of time, you know, that uh, a bond, a strong bond, the strongest bond that human beings have is love. And this was very, very powerful. Imam Muhammad, very skillful. We know that African-American people here in America were divided amongst themselves during the slave period. And instead of having a bond of love in order to keep that uh, process going of slavery for the benefit of profit, they created hatred between ourselves, black people. Even to today, still that influence is there. And he mentions that the strongest bond for humans is love. So a lot of us, we didn't have that love. Some of us, it's very difficult for the was to tell our wives and our families to, that we love you, I love you. We didn't know how to express love. And one of the things that Imam Warthi Muhammad did to correct that problem, he put us in touch with a group of people who call themselves the Focolari. Actually, it's a Catholic group, and that really surprised me because I never had any experiences with Catholics and, you know, by the, by, by the nature of a Catholic. That's one, one problem there what they believed in, et cetera, et cetera. But we had many experiences with these Focolari people. they based in Rome. We visited them on two occasions. Uh, we also have uh, programs right here in America. Their leader came all the way here to America, the B.V.D. Nam Wadi Muhammad, at the Masjid Malcolm Shabazz in Harlem on 116th Street and Lenox Avenue. Actually, she had passed, and Imam Wadi Muhammad had also passed, but I think he had put us together so we can experience the kind of love that they were sharing because that's what they're all about, love. And uh, in May, I believe it's May 15th, we're having another gathering of the Focolari community and the followers of Imam Mawadi Muhammad at Masjid Yusuf, not Masjid Yusuf Shah, but Masjid Malcolm Shabazz in Harlem where Imam uh, Ezekiel Pasha the imam. So I'm looking forward to that. We made some very good friends. We have established ourselves amongst each other, and uh, God has really blessed us. 
So this bond, the bond of love, and I'm quite nasty. Once you start to experience love, you just want more of it. And that's what Prophet Muhammad, that's what Jesus, Christ Jesus, that's what Moses, they represented love, love for their fellow man, for their human brother and sister. And mentions that you should love Muhammad, the prophet. He says, you should love him more than you love yourself. That's Prophet Muhammad. And your family. Why? Because Prophet Muhammad, he represents something. And he represents, his life represents your salvation. In other words, how do you get to heaven? How are you blessed by God? When you overcome the trials of this life that Satan has put upon us, and you evolve to a whole nother enlightenment. And Prophet Muhammad is a model of that. You know, the life that is his life is the life of your salvation. So he's a model of excellence. So we see that he's where, in other words, he's where we need to be. So we should love him. You know, we should love him. He's not here quite naturally, but we see his works, we read his works, we see his life, we study his the sirah or the life of uh, Prophet Muhammad. We see how he treated his family, how he treated his wives, how he uh, conducted himself as far as charity is concerned. All of these characters, the character, characters of the uswa, the character, the behavior of Prophet Muhammad is very, very important for us today. And, uh, you know, I recall Prophet Muhammad mentioned that one day you'll see Christ Jesus and Prophet Muhammad is one, meaning in the same work. And they are in the same work because God only creates one line of prophets. There's no divisions amongst the messengers of God. And all of these prophets who come to mankind, they come for the same reason, the same purpose, to uh, to identify the, the life, the good life, the life of our salvation. And if we pattern ourselves after their life, then quite nicely God is blessed, will bless us over and over again. It's not only in him, but the same life in him is the life in you. Now, like the angels said, would they create mischief and shed blood? Look at the state of man today. Yes. I can answer that question. Yes. <laughs> he said, but will they always be like that? No. Eventually they'll start looking to that excellence in Christ Jesus and Moses and Prophet Muhammad, and then we'll see them begin to pattern their lives after the life of that example. And then they'll be well on the road to salvation, the salvation that God desires for each and every one of us. He is a representative of the life that is our salvation. And that's very important for us to understand. You know, Scripture is beautiful. The Bible is beautiful. You know, I I read the I tried to read the Bible early on before I became a Muslim. It made no sense to me at all. And I begin, what I begin to understand of the Bible now is from the reading of the Quran and actually from the clarity that Imam Muhammad gives us 
in reading the Quran. And then you can see the path how quite nicely we know there's information that was added to and taken from the Bible. But nonetheless, there's enough information there to see that this is the word of God. And the Quran is a book that has not been tampered with at all. It's the direct word of Allah, of God, that was revealed to Prophet Muhammad over 1,400 years ago. And it's a manual. It's a guide for human life. Is it a guide for Muslim life? No, it's a guide for any human being that has five senses. <laughs> and it's just so beautiful because it touches the very heart to know that every human being on this planet Earth have an opportunity once he frees himself from the influences of Satan, spiritual man, you know, where a man is evolving from that material, that dust that he was originally created from, the material man, and then he evolves to the point of becoming spiritual man. And we're talking about not the physical body, but we're talking about the soul, the nafs, or nafs, or the soul of man evolving in three stages over a period of time. You know, elevation, the soul is being elevated. And uh, for the Christians, they call this the Christ nature. For the Muslim, we call it the Muslim nature. And and, and the Christ nature means that the Christian who follows Jesus and the Muslim who follows Muhammad, they follow that nature, the very nature of human being. And it's an elevation, elevation of the nafs or the soul. And uh, God knows best. And uh, we know these nafs, as I mentioned, three developments in the human soul that every human being goes through. Some get stuck in the first stage of the first creation, which is Amara. And Amara is the soul that is prone to sin. You know, it hadn't made any progress. You know, Satan just takes advantage. And that's that seems to be nowadays most people on the planet Earth where Satan just manipulates the soul of these human beings because their senses are not properly turned on. So they don't have the right perception. How do I how am I guided by Scripture by the Word of God if I don't have proper perception. So that means that I'm stuck here. I'm stuck in this soul. The soul is stuck that is prone to sin. And we know where sin comes from. Sin comes from Satan. You know, Satan is a deceiver of mankind. He said Satan made them slip and get them out of the state of peace which they had been in. And that's Satan's responsibility. So don't think he's not going to do it. That's what he does. And he does it very good. And Satan also works to take you out of your nature, but trying to take you out of your nature, once you start to fight against it, then it makes you even stronger. So Satan has two jobs. One, he's trying to destroy you. And if you fight against him, he'll make you stronger. It's like you pushing against a force with all of the strength that you have, and it's developing that uh, mental and moral muscle 
pushing against it, pushing against sin and wrong and corruption and things of that nature, and you're becoming bigger and bigger and bigger. That's the God's purpose. So he didn't just send Satan here just to destroy us. No, he gave us a muscle to fight Satan once we begin to follow that Muslim nature and our dear prophet Muhammad and our Christ Jesus. But not only for Christian people that we study Christ Jesus, we see him as a prophet of Islam and all of the other prophets. If we pattern our lives behind their lives, then eventually we're going to grow out of that first stage of Amara, which is the soul that is prone to sin, and then we're going to come into a, another development. And that development is, you know, conscious between what is right and what is wrong. <clears throat> See, a man of sin, many times they create sin or problems for themselves because, you know, they don't perceive right. You know, they figure, well, I need money. How do I get money? I go out and take it. You know, conscious man, he fears God. He says, I can't do that. So there's a state of nafsin luwama. Luwama means the soul that is conscious, is conscious of right and is conscious of wrong. So when a soul is conscious of right and conscious of wrong, then it becomes also critical, criticizes. You know, it's a self-accusing spirit. That spirit accuses you. You're getting ready to do something, and immediately it starts to criticize you. Criticize your own self. Not only do you criticize your own self, you criticize right out, wrong outside of yourself, and this causes the individual to evolve to higher degrees of consciousness. And we probably heard this in, you know, the higher language of learned people. It's evolving to you know, higher conscious of understanding coming into a bigger, bigger understanding. And uh, this is the pattern that God puts human life on. So, I mean, it's not nothing strange. It's strange if we're ignorant to these things, but nonetheless, we all have it. And that's the beauty of it. This is why it's mentioned that we should love Prophet Muhammad more than we love our own families. Because he is that uh, model, that that model of excellence that we should pattern ourselves for our salvation. And believe me, we on the first level of Nafsin uh, Amara, prone to sin, we're not going to get to paradise on that level. We have to start striving for excellence in our conscience. And, and what brings our perception or makes our perception clear is our five senses. And if we can keep our five senses alive and conscious and feeding off of God's creation, the reality of God's creation, then quite naturally Satan won't be able to touch us. But if he can shut those five senses down, then quite naturally he can give us a new perception. And that's what we have to guard ourselves against. So this Christ nature, this Muslim nature that we're talking about, is the spiritual nature or spiritual man or the spiritual mind. I mean, now, Muhammad taught us years ago that man means mind. So 
So if we say spiritual man, we're talking about the, the spiritual makeup of man. In other words, divine intelligence. I mean, it comes into the understanding of God on a much higher level. And, uh, you know, when we see pictures in Christian books, you know, they uh, illustrate, you know, spiritual people. Jesus, they see him with a halo uh, over his head, like a light over his head. And then you see uh, men, spiritual men, uh, with light around their head, like illuminating out of their head. And that's an illustration. You know, sometimes when we distance, uh, you know, our understanding is kind of turned off, you know, we don't see the big picture of what these illustrations are giving us. But he's telling us here that this is a, a human being, a man or woman, who has divine intelligence, meaning that they reach that high spiritual excellence. Christ Jesus, Prophet Muhammad, Moses, Abraham, etc. And this is where we're going as human beings, human life, evolving over three developments in the human soul. And whether we like it or not, we're going to uh, be ex we're experiencing it right now. And God brings about conditions. You know, we're in the first stage, prone to sin, and God sends a messenger. And 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 with that message, he he brings it to the human life, the message to the human life, and it's a message that challenges his intelligence. And then that individual becomes conscious. He becomes critical. Now he sees right and he sees wrong. Maybe at one point all he saw was wrong. And now the message from Scripture causes him to see right and see wrong, and now he has to make a choice whether he wants right or wrong. So his conscience is turned on. And then if he accepts the way of God and then he keeps striving, and God will eventually, in time, bring him to that divine intelligence. That's a beautiful thing. Right now, see, it's a beautiful thing. We have seen it play itself out over time, and uh, God is the best knower. He said, he is your true life and sacred life. He is the best life, and he works for your liberation, for your salvation. And we have to think about these things. You know, when we see prophets coming to mankind, they're recorded in history and we read it and we say there's just an individual who came, he taught something. No, he's working for your salvation. He's trying to get into your mind and into your heart and into your spirit. So when you on those developments, then quite naturally you're becoming conscious on the developments. You know, just uh, from the influence of the message that touches your heart. And uh, God knows best. The Muslim is one who wants for his brothers and his sister what he wants for himself. And he warns that we would not be blessed by God until we want for our brothers and our sisters what we want for ourselves. So what is this telling us? This is telling us that if I was blessed by God, then I also want that for you. I want it for you. I want it for your mother, your 
father, your brother, your sister, regardless of where you are in this world, not only my brothers and sisters in my household, not only my brothers and sisters in my particular faith, my human brother and sister anywhere on this earth, the same thing that I want for my me, I want for you. I want to see you evolve you know, on those levels of development until you reach the proper consciousness of God, and then God guides you through your his creation, through his word, and also creation. And uh, God is the best knower. <clears throat> and what did he say about the five senses? Praise be to Allah. What did he say about the five senses? Did he say the five senses are to believe in God, to witness God, to pray, to give charity, to fast the month of Ramadan, to make the pilgrimage to the house? Uh, what That is what he said about what is Islam, al-Islam. But addressing the five senses, he did not say that. He said, if you use, don't use your five senses to take care of your affairs presently and for the future, you are going to lose the ability to use your five senses. And that's Imam Wadi Muhammad talking. And uh, for those of us who follow him, then Imam Wadi Muhammad talk. We listen. And if we don't properly understand, we reflect. We reflect on what he's saying. And when we read the Quran and study the life of Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, then it becomes very clear where he's directing us to. Why? This is Imam Wadi Muhammad. Why? <laughs> it is because you are not alone. There is the enemy of the human being who have been around longer than you. He is older than you and wiser in the ways of the world than you. The Bible calls him the most subtle of all the creatures on the earth. That means that he is the one that uh, you are most likely to overlook. Subtly creeps up on you. Subtly. You know, there's a, I've read where it mentions that this Satan or this uh, this devil or whatever we want to describe him as, he say he's so subtle that the picture that they give is the blackness of night, a spider in the blackness of night on a black rock. In other words, you can't even see the spider. Can't, there's no light out in the night. He's sitting on a black rock as a black spider. And Satan is not outside of yourself, as we mentioned earlier when we were talking more about Satan last week. Satan is in you. I mean, he, he pops up right inside of you. Don't look for him outside. You know, Imam Muhammad teaches us that if you're looking for Satan outside of yourself, you won't find him. The only way you'll find Satan outside of yourself if he's in somebody else's self. <laughs> so the Satan that we're talking about is the Satan in you corrupting you. And you also have an angel in you also. 
you know, I remember seeing cartoons and also stories and uh, magazines or books, picture books, illustrations of uh, a voice uh, coming from the right side or the left side or a little devil sitting on the left side of you on your shoulder whispering uh, negativity and then the angel pops up on the right and, and uh, you know, responds in the, the way of the angel. And this is telling us that in a, in, a, in, a, in a very elementary way, childlike way, but nonetheless it's telling us that this inspiration, this spirit, this inspiration of sin and corruption is in us. God said, get you down all from that high place that you were in. And he said, get you down. He said, the earth will be your home in the place of trial or time. And also, there's a, a, a inspiration in you, the angel, and he's calling you to the right way. Satan is calling you to the wrong way. And that's as I mentioned earlier, you know, this is where a person has the opportunity now to be conscious of what is right and what is wrong. The right is pulling one way, the left is pulling the other, and then man, out of his free will, has to make a very important decision, <laughs> and uh, God knows best. And eventually man will make that. He'll make the right decision after he's finally dragged through the life of Satan, or the misery of Satan, and Satan, the, the trials that Satan put on him, the, 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 the contest, I mean the... Uh, the burden that Satan puts on his life will eventually cause that man to accept the right. And this is the way of God. And quite nicely, God knows best. <clears throat> uh, the, Muslim, the Muslims, we seek refuge with God from the rejected Satan. We say,
Prophet uh, Muhammad the Prophet, he said also on the five senses to his learned disciples, following followers and students, if anyone would wash five times in a river, that person would be clean of all impurities. Some of us can get so filthy that it, we would have to wash 50 times. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of scientific understanding in this, and Imam Wazi Muhammad have brought us a long ways of the different numbers and what they really represent on another plane, you know, on that high spiritual understanding or that divine intelligence coming into that understanding, but that's not what we're talking about now. Matter of fact, we want to talk information that's pretty much down to earth where we could properly understand. And he said he was not referring to the physical river. This is Imam Mahdi Muhammad's wisdom. He was not referring to the physical river. A river is a directed flow of water. And this is, is when God said read, he said read in the name of the Lord who created. In other words, read his creation. Every word, when he mentions something from his creation, he's giving us spiritual guidance. Not just talking about the river. The river is a metaphor. And, and uh, you know, I think when you study material things or physical things, it's, it's called metaphysics. You know, it's a study of that physical thing. And he's talking about a river. So our minds should be focused on a river, not just the river that we, the Hudson River or the Mississippi River, things of that nature. It's talking about something spiritual. How do we get to where we're trying to go? Salvation. He says, he is not referring to the physical river. A river is a direct, a directed flow. Now he's given us a definition here. A river is a directed flow of water. What the prophet is saying is that if you clean yourself with your five senses being put in a stream of spiritual obedience uh, that pursues the same object or keeps in the same direction, never reversing, never going off its course like a train on its tracks, if you keep to that, you will be purified. You will be cleansed. So he gives the river as an example, and he also gives a train on the tracks. If you stay with that course, that's what he's saying. He said a river, you know, it goes through canyons, it goes through valleys, it cuts its way through the earth, it makes itself bigger, it it does a lot of things, a river, but it never changes that course, stays with the course, just constantly flow over and over and over, same object, the same direction, never reversing itself, holding to the course. If we can do that with our lives, we're going to eventually become purified. The soul is going to become purified. That's an example. That's a metaphor that God is giving us in the reading of the Quran. And actually, everything that we read in the Quran, in the physical description that he gives us, 
we must strive to understand the nature of that particular creation that God gave us. That's where wisdom is. That's where or how we're going to reach that excellence that God wants for us, that salvation that God wants for us. I'm I'm sitting here giving this talk this evening, and I'm just as inspired as I possibly can be. And uh, the more, and I've read these things many times, I've, Think about them day and night, over and over, because I'm one that wants for my brothers and sisters what I want for myself. And if we have knowledge and insight, God has blessed us, then we see people struggling with drugs and alcohol and prison life and poverty and all of these kinds of things, then what would be the purpose if we have information that we can help our brothers and sisters? I know I'm not a prophet, I'm not a, a sheikh or anything of that nature, but in most cases, those people will never reach the people that I can reach. I can reach the common person. They know me. They know where I came from. And if I can give them a little insight to turn their light on, alhamdulillah. And that's all we want. And if God bless me with a little, I can give a little. And that little, eventually in that person's life, will become a, a lot. And we know people that live in the street that don't have food to eat, that's watching their ignorant children who don't have the knowledge, don't have the proper direction. And we see them going to hell, all of them, and we're walking around with our big collars on and our hats and our oils and all of these kinds of things and trying to impress each other with you know, our words and things of that nature while we're watching our brothers and sisters go to hell. You know, God will never accept that. And the more we give, the more God gives us for that benefit, and God knows best. We have many who have kept to their religious devotion. Many people have held on to that <clears throat> constantly over long periods of time and have realized that they are blessed to be protected from the suggestions of Satan, his temptations on the world and and ungodly people. We're blessed. And sometimes we, I know there's a story about, I think it's Abraham being in the fiery furnace and not being touched by the fire, not being burned. Now, you know anybody in a physical body that you put in a furnace, they're going to be burned. I mean, that's the first thing. We just don't have, even have a perception for that. But it's not talking about it. This is how God speaks to us. He speaks to us in these metaphorical pictures in some cases. Some things are very clear. But when he wants us to really understand things, he wants us to expend our intelligence and see a man in a, in a fire just like out on the corner where you see uh, loose women prostituting themselves, drug dealers with pistols trying to kill each other, and, and people beating each other down, all of these different violent kinds of things going on, right? And you're right in the midst of that and not even being affected by it, right in the middle of the fire, living right in the middle of the fire. Most of us here in America, African Americans, we live in the fire, 
and the fire not having any effect on us. This is a blessing from God, and this is because the state of the heart and keeping that heart purified by coming to the remembrance of God, seeking refuge with God from rejected enemies. Imam Morthy Muhammad. Sometimes the situation they are in are like uh, virtual hell. Every description you find in the book of hell, they see it all around, and they feel the agony and the burning fire touching others while they are spared. So we know the power of God's word. Alhamdulillah. Get get that power by our sincere and constant devotion, never giving up. Get that power by our sincere and constant devotion. Remember the river, river going downhill, twists and turns, constant, constant, constant. And constant devotion in Muslim understanding is living the natural life that God created your human life. If you can just be a natural human being, that's devotion. (laughs) You can't get any better than that anyway. You can't do any more than your nature, what you were created to do. Because God created you and God knows best. Talking about five senses. The five senses can take us up, that is, advance our life, and the five senses can take us down. God said whoever spends on his own soul spends on the upkeep and advancement of his own soul in accordance with what God wants of him will certainly be successful. And the one who does not spend on the good conditions and advancement of his own soul will certainly be the loser. So we have to constantly spend on our soul. Remember those nafs we talked about, the nafs or the soul, the development. If we're in the first stage of of uh, soul is prone to evil or sin, then we have to keep spending on the soul, purify that, be more consistent, be more dedicated to what we're all about. And utilize our five senses, our taste, our smell, our touch, our hearing, and expend them out into God's creation for the good, for the betterment that God created all around us. You know, when we eat good natural food or just have a nice glass of pure water, that's God speaking to us. But if you go and say, well, I don't like water, just like most people say today they don't like water. And the body, I believe, is made up of 90, 90% of water or whatever the case, whatever the number is. But we don't like water anymore. We like soda. We like beer. We like wine. Right? That's Satan coming into us. But if we had a nice drink of water, we'd say a hundred We'd have an appreciation for that. But no, we don't want that. We want wine. Give me wine. Give me alcohol. Uh, Give me something that would intoxicate my mind. That's your sense. And when you put that uh, uh, wine or alcohol or beer on your tongue, 
that's Satan coming into your nafs through your sense, the sense of taste. The same thing about the music that we listen to. Boy, there's some crazy, crazy music out here. There's some nice stuff that we can listen to that makes us relax and put us in a nice, positive frame of mind. Those are good things, the sounds of nature, music. Sometimes you can just sit back and listen to nature as music, you know, coming into our bodies, into our soul. The same thing with our sight, what we see, what we allow ourselves to look at. And sometimes these sights that we see, if we don't change up the thinking, then that Satan is going to come into us through our sight, through our taste, through our touch, through our smell. And these senses, as long as we keep it pure, then quite naturally we're going to be successful. Muhammad, the prophet, was addressing the five senses. He was addressing the things that operate in our human nature, in our body, in our mind, in our soul, in our spirit. Operates there to assist us and bring us closer to the great life and great end that God wants for us. So human beings are not instinctively driven. They're creatures of of understanding, of knowledge. They have to be taught. And we be taught through our mind, through the body, and you know, coming in contact with nature. And the mind and the soul and the spirit of that individual is developing over periods of time. And all of these things happen. And these senses are designed to protect us from that influence of Satan. And keep in mind that Satan is a, is a natural enemy of mankind. You know, Some of us think that he was competing with God in heaven up in the sky. This is the perception that is given to us that he's competing with God. Nothing in creation competes with God. Satan knows that. He's not an enemy of God. He he asked God to give him respite. And God granted him that to the day of judgment. And then he declared himself to be the open enemy of mankind. uh, God knew it. God knew what his purpose was for allowing that. And the purpose was that once man, out of his own free will, accepts the fact that he's going to fight against that force inside of himself, then that force is going to assist him in developing him into the man that God wants, the man like Christ Jesus, the man like Prophet Muhammad. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, The five senses is in the Bible. In the New Testament, it says that Christ Jesus, peace be upon him, was approaching and saw a woman washing at a well. It's another metaphor. He said to the woman, you have five husbands over you, and the one you have now is not yours. Now, some of us think of that picture. Yeah, what is a woman doing with five husbands? And then the one she's with now is not hers. How do we, what kind of perception do we have of that? 
how we literal thinkers, we'll just try to deal with that. We'll just try to accept it. But if we are blessed by God and evolving to the higher uh, understanding of the, uh, the, the divine intelligence, then quite naturally we're going to look for an answer that would be acceptable to our senses. They say he was talking about the five senses of smell, of sight, of hearing, of taste, and feeling. He said, no, I was alluding, I was alluding to those senses. He said, I was talking about the five senses of smell, sight, uh, smell, sight, hearing, taste, feeling. He said, no, he was alluding to those senses as key factors in the problem, but he was not addressing those five senses directly when he said, you have five husbands over you, and the one you have now is not yours. He said, what he meant, you have five senses ruling in your life or in your nature, and you have and you have had a life given to you that complements your nature and preserve for you your five senses. But now you are following rituals and culture that God did not give you. The world gave these things to you. So he's talking about this husband or this sense that is not with you now, which the world is exposed to, is rituals and culture. Actually, we all have been uh, exposed to ritualized religion. You know, we just do ritual things. But we don't live the nature, just the natural human life that God intended for us to. We don't do that. You know, we might set aside Saturday or Friday or Sunday or something to come along and do rituals suggesting what we should do with our natural life. But that husband, brother, that's not what God gave us. That husband is what the devil gave us. God gave us the five senses to conduct our life and bring our life closer and closer to God. So what he was telling us that these five, this, these, these husbands, he said, you have five husbands over you, and the one you have now is not yours. So what does God tell us? Get rid of these, get rid of these rituals, and take on the natural life that God wants for each and every one of us. We spend too much time with ritualized religion, religion, rituals, and and culture cultures that God didn't give you. The world gave these things to you, and uh, sometimes when we look at our prayers and we fully understand the movements in the prayer. Prayer is a ritual. But if we understand the movements and what these movements represent, I, I, I work on these things. I've been focusing and giving my attention to this after following Imam Warthi Muhammad for years and years and years because I know it's the practical life that God wants us to live the human being life, the human life that God wants us, the everyday life that God wants us to conduct ourselves for our 
fellow human beings. We're wanting for our brothers and sisters what we want for ourselves because rituals will get you nothing. Actually, God says, after these performance of these prayers and he said, prayer without action counts for nothing. So God knows best. You are following the sixth principle that shouldn't be your husband and shouldn't be your mother. That is the wayward culture, the culture influenced by Satan themselves. So keep these things in mind, and quite naturally, God is going to bless us whether we like it or not. Maybe you won't be the one, but as a human family, we are going to be blessed. And the ones that fall by the wayside, that fire of torment will eventually uh, purify you and put you back on the course that God originally prescribed for you. So we're not going to get away. It's just that we have to uh, be the one to accept what God wants for us, and God knows best. So we thank you this Thursday evening, and we'll be looking forward to speaking to you again next week, God willing. And uh, we're going to have a topic change, and we'll present that to you on the program, uh, the menu there, uh, the description there, and we'll present it to you next week, uh, God God willing. So thank you, and may God bless you and your family, and uh, we'll see you next week. Peace. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.